0: Okay, so what is the meaning of, of chesed when we talk about chesed? We, we, we understand it, the, the translation of the word chesed, to be kindness, right? True chesed is to do what the other person needs and is lacking and not what I want to do. So let me give you an example. The Torah says that a person, this is in, in Deuteronomy 15.8, talks about how to treat a poor person. It says, give him... Mach Soro. Give him right? Give him his lackings that he is lacking. So if you think about that for a second, what does that mean? Give him the lackings that he is lacking. What is a person lacking? So every single person on planet Earth is lacking something. Okay? Remember this? Every single person is lacking something. What are they lacking? Well one person could be lacking a word of encouragement another person could be lacking a smile another person could be lacking a job another person could be lacking a spouse another person could be lacking a good health every person is lacking something and our job to become a person of kindness is to identify what that person's lacking is anyone who's in a relationship of marriage or committed relationship knows that you're not always going to be told what it is that's bothering your spouse, okay? But wives don't always share what is bothering them. You have to figure it out. And that is a training ground, like we've said numerous times. Marriage is a uh, workshop in character development, right? You have to work it out, figure out what it is that is bothering your spouse, right? Very important, very important to understand that because that's how we will build a relationship based on a relationship based on kindness a, a relationship. so where where does this kindness come from so we know that our obligation in this world is to emulate god our job is to emulate god right just as the almighty is compassionate you should be compassionate just as the almighty is gracious you should be gracious just as the almighty is kind you should be kind just as God is forgiving, you should be forgiving. Just as God forgets the sins and and, and the mistakes of, of his creations, so too you should be forgiving and forgetting of the mistakes of your fellow man. Okay? And this is the charge of humanity. This is what our obligation is to be as godly as possible, to be as elevated and as uplifted as possible, be like God. Similarly, you should emulate the attributes of God, just as he, is, he clothes the naked, so should you. Just as he visits the sick, so should you. And just as he consoles the bereaved, so should you. Okay? Those are the charges of mankind. So the re- one of the reasons that we are obligated with this great mitzvah of kindness, of uh, right, is to be God-like. God wants us to do what we can to do what we can to be like Him. Perfect. God is perfect in all His ways. We want to have that same perfection in all of our ways as well. Okay? So, now, let's continue here. So, our sages tell us that the word chesed, the word for kindness, comes from the word chas. Chas means, um, I would say, caring. Right? And what we, our objective of what we're trying to accomplish in our acts of kindness is to care about another person, to care about them, to understand, to figure out what it is that their, that their needs are. Our acts of kindness should be based on the concern for the other person's needs. This is what the Torah teaches us, right? Now, we know that the world stands on three things. What are the three things? On Torah. On Torah. Study of Torah, knowing the ways of Hashem. On service and acts of kindness. Service means talking to Hashem, communicating with Hashem. The last is acts of loving kindness. Okay? That's what the world stands on. It says, the, 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 the Torah tells us, right? Olam chesed yibane. You know how the world is built? On acts of kindness. The world is built on acts of kindness. So how do we involve ourselves in this world, in a world of building? How do we build this world? The more kindness we can do. Now I will just uh, digress for one minute and talk about the kindness of the United States of America. Right, the fact that we're able to sit here and learn Torah—we mentioned this so many times—is a display of the incredible kindness of the country we live in? The fact that we are able to learn Torah without having our heads chopped off at a town square, the fact that we're able to observe whatever religion a person wants to observe on this great land, the United States of America, is a gift, right? It's a gift, right? This is the only country, the only empire in the world that hasn't persecuted the Jewish people for their observance of their religion. The only, think of the British Empire, You think of the Romans, you think of the Greek, you think of the, I mean, everyone, the Germans, right? The Russians, the Chinese till today, right? Every place across the globe has persecuted Jews for observance. And here we are in the United States, freedom of religion. You want to observe Islam? Observe Islam, no problem. You want to observe Judaism? Observe it, no problem. Christianity? No problem. Whatever it is that you want to observe, you're welcome to observe here. That's a land of kindness. We can't, we can't forget that. Whatever you may like or dislike about our political environment that we're in today, re- always remember that the United States of America is a land of kindness. Okay? The sages were looking at the destruction of the temple and were saddened by the sight of seeing the place of forgiveness in ruins. Till Rabbi and Bazake said, Worry not we still have a way to atone for our sins, right? We don't have the temple anymore. You know what we have? We do acts of kindness. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh said, acts of kindness can help us repent for our sins. The Torah states, and Hashem created man in his image, the image of Hashem, right? That's Genesis 127, right? The traits of Hashem are embedded within us. Kindness is a key trait that we live by every second of our life. Okay? We live by Hashem's kindness. Is there a way for us to utilize that same kindness and perform it for other people? I want to share with you something very, very quickly. I'll share with you an idea. So I'll just tell you, start off with a story, and then then we'll go to what it is that we're talking about. So the great Rebbe Meir Shapiro... The Rebbeir Shapira was the the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of the Lublin Yeshiva, and uh, that that amazing Yeshiva, uh, that amazing Rabbi, got the, the concept of the Daf Yomi, the folio a day of Talmud study. He got it started in the 19 teens, right? He 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 stood up by the Aguda convention. And he announced that he was going to start this thing called the Daf Yomi, where they learn one folio a day. A really great man. Unbelievable foresight. And so, okay, so he was asked by the Jewish community to represent them, to represent the Jewish community in the Polish parliament. So he didn't know what to do. So he asked one of the great Czartkova Rebbe, one of the great rebbies of that generation, he asked him, should he accept this position to uh, represent the Jewish people in the parliament. So the Rebbe wrote back to him as follows. He says, listen, I got your letter. And, you know, the rule is that a person needs to know his responsibilities in this world by looking at his talents. And look at your talent. You have an unbelievable yeshiva. You have so many wonderful students. You have such a great following, right? Obviously, that's what God wants you to do. So... That's side number one. You should stay with your yeshiva and not get distracted with this parliamentary uh, uh, responsibility representing the community. Then he says, on the other hand, you can help the Jewish community. You can probably save lives, right? Which is also a very, very valuable thing. So he says, don't pursue it. But if they ask you again, if they pursue you again, then take take it and do it. Okay, Because Hashem is sending it to you for a reason. So we know, King Solomon writes in Proverbs, he says, It says, honor Hashem with what he granted you. If Hashem gave you a son, circumcise him. If he gave you a house, put a mezuzah and erect the gate on the roof. If he gave you a yard, build a sukkah. If he gave you a sheep, sanctify the firstborn and give the first shearing to the Kohen. Right. If he gave you an animal, observe the laws of not plowing an ox and donkey together, and the laws of kilayim. If he gave you gold and silver, give a tenth to a tzedakah. Right. Whatever Hashem gives you, honor him with it. And the Talmud goes into great lengths to give all of these different examples of how you should honor Hashem with the goodness that He bestowed upon you. God gave you goodness. Honor Him with it. So, say to say an amazing thing. You have to hear this. It says in the Ten Commandments, it says, Do not carry God's name in vain. We know what, what does that mean. That means don't say God's name in vain. Right? Don't say God's name in vain. Right? We shouldn't carry God's name in vain. So the Nitzv, one of the great commentaries, says an unbelievable idea. He says, you know what it means to carry Hashem's name in vain? He says the name of Hashem means the talent that God gave you. When it refers, when it says the name of Hashem, it's referring to the talents that God gave you. He says, don't use the talents that God gave you in vain. What does that mean? That means don't waste the gift that God gave you. God gave you gifts, utilize them. He gave you talents, he gave you abilities. He gave you skills. Use them. Every person is gifted with unbelievable talents. Every person needs to know that that is a gift that God gave you because he wants you to use it. He wants you to use it to connect him yourself. He wants you to use it to connect others. He wants you to use it to inspire others, right? And we have to know that that's the charge of our lives is to use the gift, the talents that God gave us, right? When what does the verse continue? <laughs> because Hashem won't forgive him for doing so. If you were granted a talent, use it for the service of Hashem, right? It says that there's a story that's told of a a shoe, a shoemaker, right? What is the shoemaker happy about? Hashem gave me a talent. I was able to make special shoes for someone to walk his daughter to the chuppah. Ah, right, now I'm fulfilling. Hashem gave me a a talent. Use it for a mitzvah. Use it for a good thing, okay? It really is a special, if a person is a good chef, a good cook, use it to celebrate Shabbos. Use the talents you were given. You were given talents. Utilize them, okay? That is uh, just a small idea. And the Gemara goes on In Tractate Shabbat 118, it talks about many of the different sages talking about the special mitzvahs they observed, their passion. They were able to express their passion, their love through a specific mitzvah by performing that mitzvah with perfection. And they said that their reward they're going to get in the world to come is because they observed that mitzvah so perfectly. Right? One mitzvah. Just one mitzvah. Okay? And so... The mitzvah, the most fundamental mitzvah that we have is the mitzvah of kindness. To be kind to other people. To think about what other people need. What other people are lacking. What other people are, are craving for. Someone is craving a good word, right? How many times do we pass a janitor in the, in the hallway of an office building? Could we just say one word, like, have a good day? Thank you so much. It's so clean. It's so beautiful. Is there something that we can do that can elevate this person's day? Make it special. Okay? The Torah states, And Hashem created man in his image. God gave us the image of Hashem. Right? Not just in the form. But Hashem gave us the image of Hashem in the character that we can be Godlike. Okay, now, kindness is not always necessarily what we do. It's many times how we do it, right? It's not what we do. You know, giving giving money to the poor, it's an example we gave before giving money to the poor. There are ways in which you can perform that mitzvah. How do you perform that mitzvah? Giving people charity. Can you give it with a smile? Can you give it with love, with compassion? Feel their pain. Okay, I'm limited in what I can give. But let me at least give it with love. Let me give it with joy. Right? Is there compassion that I can show for this person that he can feel I really love him? It says, mm-hmm. that more than the, the gift of giving the milk for a poor person to drink is the white teeth that you show them while you're giving them the drink. The smile. The smile is worth so much more to them than the physical or 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 monetary gift that you're giving them. The love, the compassion, showing a poor poor, poor person the white teeth is more than giving him a glass of milk. Finding someone a job is much greater than giving them twenty dollars for dinner. It's much easier. Just you know what? Here's twenty dollars. Stop bothering me. Or I can say, send me your resume. I'm going to send around your, 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 your resume to other people. Oh, you don't have a resume? I'll write the resume. I'll help you write the resume, right? Why don't you call me at two, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I'll lock away some time so we can put together a resume for you. We can help you find some, some solution. Finding someone a job is greater than giving them $20 for dinner. One of the foundations of a healthy, successful, happy marriage is kindness. Okay? Yo Desler. The great Rabbi Dessler would say that the key to success in marriage lies in giving, becoming a giver, not a taker. If a person is a giver, they'll have a happy marriage. That is the key to a happy marriage. All right? Smiling to others. This is something we're going to talk about in future classes, about how to have a countenance and how to have a proper smile. I told told you previously that my great-grandfather worked on this trait For two years, two years he worked on this one trait to attain perfection in this trait. Okay? Showing a happy face to a person. If you walk around with a gloomy, sad, you know, I'm so sad face, what's that going to have for other people? They'll feel sad. They're not going to feel an energy of excitement, of happiness. Okay? You know, it's Abraham. What was Abraham? It says that he planted an orchard. What does an orchard mean? That he, not only an orchard is beautiful, but an orchard is also signifying what it is that he planted in his home. He planted in his home the opportunity for Aleph, Shin, Lamet. A is three letters Aleph, Shin, and Lamet. Achila, which is giving someone something to eat, Shtiya, which gives him something to drink, and Lina, either resting, a place for them to rest, or Levia, a place for them to, uh, for, to walk them out. When, you, when a guest leaves your house, you don't tell them, okay, make sure the door doesn't hit you on the way out, right? But rather you stand up and you walk them out the door. And there's a halacha, the halacha tells us that when we try to perform this mitzvah of escorting our guest out, we walk them out eight feet out the door. You walk them out eight feet. Why? Because the person who comes to your house, now what happens if you're lacking the last one? What's left? Just the Aleph and the Shin. And many sages say that if you lack the last, the Lamed, Aleph and Shin means ash, means fire. That God forbid there could be a disaster a fire in your home. What do you mean? I just brought someone into my house. I get fed him. I gave him to drink. And you're telling me that there will be a fire in my home? Our sages tell us what that means is that if you just give someone to eat and drink and you don't escort them out, they could feel embarrassed. Oh, me, I'm so embarrassed. I, I had to come to somebody else to eat. They need to feed me. There's a little sense of embarrassment. It could—that's like fire. But once you walk them out, you make it pleasant for them. They know now, wow, I, they enjoyed my company so much that they want to, even these eight feet, they want to extend my visit with them because they love me so much, because they enjoyed my presence in their home. So it's not for me. That, uh, right? It's for them. They enjoy that I came. That's the way we want to make it special for a guest who comes into our home. Okay? Right? You know, the, the, you know the, the term, right? Feed a man a fish, you feed them for one day. You teach them how to fish, you feed them for life. That's, that's what we're trying to attain when we're trying to do the act of kindness. We're not just trying to say, you know what, I have a conscience. Oy, how do I help this person? How do I get them off my head? Right? What's the least I need to do? To, that's, not, that's not kindness. That's not what Hashem does for us. Hashem says, no, I want to help them so that they can be independent, they can be on their own. So that they don't need to come back and be humiliated and embarrassed every time asking for more and more in return. Uh, The Chabetz Chaim used to say that like Torah study, acts of kindness need to be performed daily. Right? Kindness is not a one-off. Oh, I did my act of kindness for the month, leave me alone. No. The acts of kindness need to be done daily. Okay we'll just end off with one quick idea and the next week we'll continue. The Talmud in, in Eruvin tractate Eruvin 65 B says that a man is judged by three different dimensions. Kiso, Koso, and Kaso. What is Kiso? Kiso is with your pockets. What is Koso? Is how are you when you're drunk? And then Picasso is how is a person when they're angry. You want to know what a person is? See them when they're angry. When they're angry, do they break the wall? Do they throw chairs? Do they smash plates, right? Or do they contain themselves? When they are drunk, do they say terrible things to people? Or are they kind and loving to people? You can see a lot about a person, about the essence of a person when they're drunk. And then the last is when they're kind. See how a person does an act of kindness and you'll know everything you need to know about them. Were you begging them for them to do act of kindness or did they jump because, oh, they didn't even, you didn't even have to say anything, they ran to go help you. Tell about the person from their act of kindness. Talmud says these three things. It's a very interesting thing that these three words all rhyme. Kiso, Koso, Kaso. But what's the root of these? Right? The root of these, like a chair, kisei, is the same word, same root. What are these things? These are all things that need to be contained. A chair, what does a chair do? It holds you. So it's a kisei. What's a kiss? A kiss is a pocket, right? How is someone with their giving? How is someone with their pocket? Are they giving of their pocket or are they holding it? The same thing is with their coast. Their cup has a limited boundary. Right? It contains what's in it. Do you contain what's in yourself when you're drunk? And then the last is anger. Anger needs to be contained. Anger needs to be, right, like in a cup, like in a pocket, and like in a chair. It contains what's in it. And that's what we need to be. We need to become a person who is able to contain ourselves, who is able to properly hold things together when things are, are, are changing. When we do an act of kindness, we're changing because we're giving of ourselves to another person. We have a certain something, and we're able to give that to another person. You have a talent. How are you going to use that talent to help someone else? How are you going to use that talent to bring God into this world? Okay? So, my dear friends, that's the, the introduction to the trait of kindness.